Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. Our text of scripture for this morning comes from the book of Romans. Romans is the Apostle Paul's probably most carefully written theological treatise. But in all of his epistles or letters in the New Testament, he usually lays out the theological foundations early and then moves towards the practical. This text comes from the 16th chapter of the book of Romans, and he's turning to very practical considerations for the community of faith. I invite you to listen for God's word as it comes to us from this very brief text, verses 1 and 2 of chapter 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church at Centuria, so that you may welcome her in the Lord as is fitting for the saints and help her in whatever she may require from you. For she has been a benefactor of many and of myself as well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? And so, gracious God, we come. We come to worship, to hear your word. We come to receive from you what you alone can give. So quiet within us any voice but your own, that we may hear your word and be not hearers only, but doers as well. For we pray in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I can't tell you how great it is to be back in a familiar setting with all of you after being gone for much of the summer. I've literally been driving on the wrong side of the road for much of the summer throughout the United Kingdom. We rented cars in Edinburgh and in the Republic of Ireland and drove through Northern Ireland on narrow streets with very confused signage. So I'm really thrilled to be back amongst the familiar with people I know with rules and regulations I understand. And I have to confess, I actually received two parking tickets while I was in Edinburgh. And it led to kind of a practical conundrum. I mean, what do you do when you get a parking ticket in a foreign country? I mean, do you send in a check for 30 euros? I mean, how do you do this? And so I was trying to figure out what we should do. It is a hassle, to say the least. And before leaving Scotland, as we were at the airport in Dublin, about to fly, or in Edinburgh, to fly to Dublin, I was looking for a postal box. And I talked to somebody who was a former police officer who said, oh, don't, don't pay that ticket. But the officials in Edinburgh are not going to come to Los Angeles looking for you for a ticket. And this guy's a former police officer. But I decided to play it straight, so I mailed two envelopes to the officials in Edinburgh, one with a, a check for the amount, 
But the other one I was going to contest, because I'd actually paid for parking. I'd gone to the little box on the street, I'd put in my credit card, I paid for several hours, and I got a ticket anyway. I thought, well, this is unfair. Uh, you know, I put it on the dashboard. Maybe I was supposed to put it on the windshield. I don't know. Uh, so it was amazing. When I returned home, I had one letter from the officials in Edinburgh with both tickets in it. And after they de described why it was appropriate that I received these tickets, they then told me, we've canceled both tickets. And in the envelope was my voided check. And they said, because you were a guest in our fine city, we hope you enjoyed your stay. <laughs> now, who expects that from some bureaucrat, you know, in the city of Edinburgh? And yet it was kind of a marvelous moment of grace and a marvelous sense of humanness and human kindness. This summer, in our preaching series, we've been talking about having solid grounding in faith. And we've been exploring how the Lord builds that kind of ground and foundation under our lives. We've considered a number of biblical characters, both major and minor characters, and their experience of coming to faith, and their living within the community of faith. And our text this morning is very brief, just two verses, and it's the only reference to Phoebe in the New Testament. But there are very practical suggestions here about how to provide hospitality to another, how to assist a sister in faith, a deacon of the church, it's as if to say that being faithful means paying attention to small things. I want you to think for a moment about someone in your life that paid attention to small things for you and had a bigger influence in your life than they could ever imagine. Could be a teacher might be a coach, might be a family member. Who is someone who's a relatively minor character in your life but has had an outsized influence? You may have received advice. You may have watched them display courage in the face of some difficulty and you found your own courage. Or they may have been compassionate in a situation where they were justified in being angry. I had one such aunt in my life. Uh, thankfully, I had more than one, but this one stands out. My Aunt Nadine. Whenever we would visit the family farm, my Aunt Nadine just took an interest in me. And I somehow knew she liked me. And when you're in a family with your two brothers and two sisters, you can kind of get lost in the mix, you know. It's, you're one of the kids or, you know. But I could tell she liked me and she paid attention to things and asked me questions about my life. Another wonderful woman that uh, played a more significant role than she would ever know was at the Point Loma Presbyterian Church in San Diego. Martha was the matriarch of the church. 
at 100 years old. And on one occasion, as I was greeting people at the door following worship, Martha came up with her cane, and I greeted her, and I looked at her and I said, Martha, what is the secret of your long life? And she leaned forward and pulled me close, and she said, just keep breathing. <laughs> keep breathing. And something of that marvelous spirit, that wonderful sense of optimism, leaped from her life into mine. In 1913, Albert Schweitzer established a hospital in Africa. Schweitzer was the son of a Lutheran pastor in Germany. He was age 30, or by the age of 30, he was an acclaimed organist. He was a world authority on Bach. He was a church pastor himself. He was the principal of a theological seminary. He was a university professor with two degrees the author of three books making significant contributions in the fields of theology, philosophy, and music. And then he went to medical school. And he spent the rest of his life in Africa treating people through a hospital established in French Equatorial Africa. And that hospital is still there today. In 1952, at the age of 78, he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for his work. And the whole idea of reverence for life emerged from his seminal thinking and writing. And it's led to universal principles of ethics. Schweitzer provided some of the most important thinking for the belief that all of life is interdependent. And environmentalism, animal welfare movements have been built upon those ideas. Albert Schweitzer and his wife are buried on the grounds of that hospital. He once wrote these words. When I look back at my youthful days, so many people gave me something or were something to me without knowing it. Such people had a decisive influence on me. They entered into my life and became powers within me. Much that I should otherwise not have felt so clearly or done so effectively was felt or done as it was because I stand, as it were, under the sway of these people. Hence, I always think that we all live spiritually by what others have given us in the significant hours of our life. These significant hours do not announce themselves as coming, but arrive unexpected. Nor do they make a great show of themselves. They pass almost unperceived. Often, indeed, their significance comes home to us first as we look back, just as the beauty of a piece of music or landscape often strikes us first in our recollection of it. Much that has become our own in gentleness and modesty and kindness, willingness to forgive, in veracity, loyalty, resignation under suffering, 
we owe to people in whom we have seen or experienced these virtues at work, sometimes in a great matter, sometimes in a small, and a thought which had become something sprang into us like a spark and lighted a new flame within us. End quote. You just never know what you might spark in someone else's life by your faithfulness. It seems to be an important point that Paul wants to drive home in the book of Romans as he encourages this young church to extend hospitality to Phoebe and then goes on to name 25 other individuals in the 16th chapter. These were not donors to the church. These were not social security numbers. These are people, brothers and sisters in faith. In the very first chapter of the book of Romans, Paul writes, for I'm longing to see you. See, he'd never visited Rome at this point. I'm longing to see you so that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, or rather, so that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. As you heard in the children's message this morning, Phoebe may have actually been the person who delivered that letter to the church at Rome. And here, very practically, Paul is encouraging them to mutually encourage one another. It's an act of Christian self-respect. Respect of one's own dignity as that of someone who belongs to Christ. Being faithful in small things like hospitality and kindness can be a small spark that ignites something very important in another's life. Do you know that today, in our time in history, the Roman Catholic Church continues to talk about Phoebe because of her witness? And they're talking about the reinstitution of the diaconate for women in the Roman Catholic Church and the role of women in the church because of this text and Phoebe's faithfulness. Phoebe's witness continues to inspire the church. I don't know if you uh, read the Wall Street Journal, but in yesterday's Wall Street Journal, there was a wonderful article about the life of Harold Fitzgerald or Jerry Lenfest. You probably have not heard of his name before. Wendy Kopp was riding a train to New York one winter morning 17 years ago when a chatty older man sat next to her. She tried to cut the conversation short and get back to her work on her laptop, but he persisted. She finally told him all about the charity that she had founded, Teach for America, which sends teachers to work in low-income areas. Her seatmate Jerry Lenfest ended up donating more than $14 million to Teach for America. 
H.F. Lenfest died at the age of 88 on August the 5th. He sold a cable TV station that he had purchased back in the East Coast in the year 2000. And along with his wife, Marguerite, they chose to give away most of their wealth in their lifetimes rather than creating perpetual foundation whose trustees might stray from their vision. And so far, their total gifts are more than $1.2 billion. Jerry Lenfest liked to ride city buses, and when he flew, he flew coach because he found people in coach are more open to conversations. You see, I think Jerry understood what Schweitzer was writing about. I always think that we all live spiritually by what others have given us in the significant hours of our life. And these significant hours do not announce themselves as coming, but arrive unexpected, nor do they make a great show of themselves. They pass almost unperceived. Or as Paul writes, I'm longing to see you, that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, or rather, that we might be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. There are all kinds of people in the world who, like Phoebe and Jerry Lenfest, have discovered the joy and the value of mutual encouragement. We get to use our time and our talents and our treasure in both small and large ways to build others up, to encourage one another. And you never really know who is watching or who will be influenced by your acts of faithfulness and what that will spark in their lives. Last week, our preacher was Dr. Darren Kennedy, who was here with his wife, Dr. Elizabeth Kennedy, from Cairo, Egypt. And we had a chance to spend a wonderful evening with him last weekend. Darren and Elizabeth are such good friends every summer. We look forward to the opportunity to have dinner with them when they come to visit the San Marino Community Church, and it is such a blessing to hear about their ministries in Cairo at the Evangelical Seminary there, <coughs> to remember together our years 20 years ago, decades ago now, at Princeton Seminary, to catch up on our children's lives and their families. It is a blessing of mutual encouragement. And it's the evening I look forward to the most in the summer. This summer, we've had ministry partners here at the church. Megan Katurgian preached just a couple of weeks ago in our contemporary worship. Last week, Rabbi Joe Joshua from Friends Indeed played the drums in our contemporary worship. It's extending hospitality to one another. It's being mutually encouraged in the community of faith, joining together in mission with one another. You find yourself always receiving more than you ever gave. That's certainly the experience of our team who just returned from Malawi. 
on a mission trip to help provide resources and encouragement for brothers and sisters in faith there, but returning with a sense that they have received so much more than they gave. We all, like Phoebe, a minor character, can play an outsized role in the lives of others. We can share ourselves. We can become part of a larger mission to the world. We can use our resources, our time, our talent to encourage others and build up what's making a difference in the world and in others' lives. This is the church at its best. This is the foundation of faith. It's the reason Paul would write elsewhere, for in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. There's no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male or female. All of you are one in Christ Jesus. We had the opportunity this summer to visit the St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh. It's sometimes called the High Kirk of Edinburgh or the Mother Church of Presbyterianism. It's the church where John Knox preached. And it's located on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh, about halfway between the castle at the top and the Queen's residence in Scotland, the Palace of Holyrood House. But the church itself is also a museum and also a living, breathing congregation that worships regularly and weekly. And I found myself walking around that church thinking, how do you pastor a church that's a museum? I hope you don't come to this church to simply look at what people used to value and what people used to believe. Our faith is meant to be so alive and such a power in the way that we live, directing how we interact with others in the world. It's personal as it was for Paul, as it was for Phoebe, as it was for John Knox and those who've worshipped through the generations at St. Giles Church. It's personal, but it's not private. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is as personal as my relationship with Aunt Nadine. I know he likes me. But it's also meant to put me in the world in a different way. Connected to others. Working for their goodness. And we're called to be a witness to a different way of living caring for one another and about one another and extending hospitality and mutual encouragement. You never know what might pass from your life into the lives of others, so don't underestimate small things. Don't underestimate yourself because you feel like you're a minor character in the church. Those who are faithful in little are faithful also in much. Thanks be to God. Amen.